someday used to be today, you know, last week, right? So you have to think about if, if you want travel to be a priority, you have to do it now. The more you mm-hmm. say someday, it's just never going to happen. And um, this is something that was just instilled in me from when I was little and my grandparents um, traveled a lot when they were younger. Um, later in life, my grandpa became paralyzed from the waist down. And what, they, what I always grew up with them telling me is, I'm so glad we traveled when we did, when we were younger. And they just always were telling me, you know, you have to take advantage of it now. Like, you never know how long you have on this earth. You never know when a pandemic's going to hit and you can't go travel, right? Like... Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items, plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the north side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens, and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. Hello and welcome to episode number 63 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could please take just two minutes to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Doing so really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share each week. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with a friend, family member, or anyone who you think may benefit from this information. And of course, we'd love for you to share it on social media, take a picture and share it on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, tag us. We are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Lindsay Ranzau, also known as Look About Lindsay on social media. Lindsay Ranzau is a Minnesota-based travel writer who spends her free time exploring the hidden gems of Minnesota and beyond with her husband, Cole. Her mission is to change the definition of travel from long, expensive, faraway trips to more attainable getaways that can be part of your everyday lifestyle and budget. In today's conversation, Lindsay shares her journey and how she started exploring travel and blogging and now sharing it with the world. We talk about travel and adventure and how it allows you to get exposed to different ways of life, 
Yet at the end of the day, people are more similar than different. She shares her favorite spots in Minnesota and the Midwest, as well as around the world. And she talks about her tips to find those local hidden gems in any town you may be visiting. Lindsay shares her priorities when she travels, which include some sort of outdoor activity and, of course, food and drink, which we couldn't agree more with. We just love how Lindsay's inspiration and mindset to reframe your belief that you need money to travel. We love Lindsay's belief that travel and adventure is something that can be done with a day trip. And if you live in a cold weather climate like we do in Minnesota, get outside and enjoy the snow and all that nature has to offer. Lindsay reminds us that there's some great hikes you can do in the winter, which I think is an activity that many of us consider doing only in the warmer months. And with that, let's jump right into our fun and inspiring conversation with Lindsay Ranzow. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. I originally heard you on the Twin Cities Collective podcast, and I knew I wanted to have you as a guest on our show. We are so excited to share your energy, knowledge, and inspiration about travel with our listeners. So everyone has a story, and we'd love for you to share your journey and how you ended up as a travel and lifestyle writer, blogger, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you both for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I love to talk travel. I love to talk adventure and how uh, people can just make it more attainable. Um, but I really started this, oh gosh, maybe like three, four years ago. Um, I work full-time in marketing. I still work full-time in marketing and I would do a lot of work travel, um, which is kind of really how this started. And I started just like extending my trips and staying for the weekend or staying an extra afternoon or whatever that was. And, um, you know, just my friends started coming to me, asking me for like little itineraries, things to do in places where I've been. And I always just tried to make the most of every situation, um, that I was in. And um, because of that, I was like, hey, I've always loved writing. I went to school for journalism. I was kind of looking for a hobby at the time. So I decided to just start a website where I just recorded all of my travels and the things we did, the restaurants we ate at. And it was just so much easier for me to just send that and forward to people versus having like 10 different conversations for each little trip that we did. Um, so that's really how it initially started. Um, but I am born and raised in Minnesota. I've lived here my whole life. And, um, you know, with my family growing up, we would, we have a lot of family in Minnesota. So we'd be like traveling all the, like driving around to visit family members in these small towns. And um, I've always just loved it here, but I always grew up with people saying, Minnesota is the best place to take a vacation from. And that always just really bothered me. Uh, because I just, I've seen so much of this state. I see what it has to offer. I love the people here. Um, I'm all about embracing the North and the winter and the snow. And um, I think it's, a, it's really an asset that makes Minnesota unique. And because of that, um, you know, when I wasn't traveling for work or we weren't out of state or, or something like that, my husband and I would, um, we just started doing little like day trips or weekend trips and I realized that there was really a, a gap in terms of travel today. And people, people usually think travel as, you know, I have to take a plane somewhere or it's a whole weekend or I have to take PTO, it has to be a week long. And um, that just seems really expensive, right? It's not attainable, no one can do it, especially for me. Like I was working full time, like there was no way I could take multiple, you know, five week long vacations a year. Um, but travel was something that was important to us. So we did a lot of travel just around Minnesota and, and things like that. And once I started doing that, it honestly just started blowing up for me. Um, and I realized, Hey, a lot of other people are in the same boat and they want the same things and they love to, to explore the, their own backyards and explore Minnesota and the Midwest and all of that there. So that's kind of my long story about how I got started. Um, but now we really focus on, you know, hitting gems in Minnesota and the Midwest. Um, we still do out of state travel, not as much anymore, obviously. Um, but then we also try to do a few, um, international trips every year as well. 
So speaking of the pandemic, how has the current pandemic changed what you do and where you focus on, you know, between the domestic travel and the international travel? And just tra travel in general, like what you're seeing and what yeah. your follow what, what your followers are interested in. Yeah, it is interesting. So a lot of people have had to cancel trips and this happened around spring break time. I mean, we had trips that we had to cancel multiple trips, um, but, you know, we now have that money saved in our Delta account ready for something to use in the future. Um, but the, the reality is with this is we were already doing a lot of Minnesota travel and I had a lot of, um, you know, articles, blog posts, videos, um, stuff on my Instagram page, my Pinterest page around, you know, things in Minnesota. And it took a little while after the pandemic hit, but right before summer, I could tell people had to cancel their summer trips too. And mm -hmm. all, I was just getting bombarded with new people asking me questions about things to do in Minnesota, the best day trips, best weekend trips. What can I do? Um, you know, I have a week and I want to go up to a cabin somewhere. Like what's a good recommendation? Um, so obviously we focus like a lot more on Minnesota and uh, the Midwest and like in-state travel, road trips, um, things like that during the pandemic. We've um, stayed at a variety of just like really fun, unique Airbnbs, like a tree house and um, uh, some really cool, just like lofts in Minneapolis um, to really just show like, hey, you can just take one night, go do something unique and, and still have a really great time. So we're still out and about, obviously being safe. Um, and we've found that it's doable, right? If you are going with your immediate household to a different Airbnb, you know, bring maybe some Clorox wipes to wipe some things down. But other than that, um, we also bring our own pillowcases. That's another thing. But other than that, I mean, we've felt really safe and uh, there's just a much larger focus on local travel. So if you're not in Minnesota and you're listening to this podcast, how do you suggest people find those local hidden gems? Any tips on that? Yeah. Um, so there's a few different ways to do it. So usually there's somebody like me in your state. So there's a lot of great people that I follow um, from all of the, especially in the Midwest, that are kind of like a me of whether it's Michigan or Iowa or Nebraska. Um, and I would just do some Google searching first, or even just some searching on Instagram, like Iowa travel writer or uh, North Dakota um, uh, Instagram accounts to follow or something like that. And you'll usually find someone who's similar to me where they're doing things around their state and finding those hidden gems. So that'd be my first tip. Um, my second tip would be if you, if you're not finding anyone that way, use Pinterest. I know there's, there's a ton of stuff on Google and just Google's just so overwhelming. And you usually get, you usually get directed there. If you're looking for like unique things to do in Kansas, like so many things will pop up, but it's usually, um, larger publications that are publishing these things. And it's not ever from somebody that's local. So instead of Googling, I would use Pinterest. And if you use Pinterest, that's where you're going to get all of the blog or like local travel writer content. So do search for unique things to do in your state on Pinterest, search for hidden gems in your state on Pinterest, search for best road trips from XYZ state on Pinterest. And you will get some just like local creators who are amazing. I mean, everyone I've met with in this community is just awesome. And um, that's where they put their content. And that is where I would recommend finding it. That is such a great tip. Like I use Pinterest all the time and I think so many people do, but usually it's like food related when I want a recipe or I want to decorate yeah. or do something crafty, but I don't think I have a single board about travel or trips. So I'm going to do that or just, you yeah. know, even create your, <laughs> create those places that you want to go that are on your bucket list too, and kind of fill them mm -hmm. up and, and get inspired. So I love that idea. Yeah, it's yeah, honestly my number, number one travel tip. I mean, if you're doing local stuff or international, I mean, you, yeah, you can use TripAdvisor and things, but you're going to see like the top 10 things to do that are usually like big tour groups. And is that really what you want to do when you go on vacation or go travel abroad? No, you're going to want to learn from a local, right? Like I have things all about Minneapolis on my blog. I've lived here my whole life and I have all that on Pinterest. And that's where, you know, if you search for that, you can find it. 
same with anyone anywhere, whether it's, you know, London or Australia, there's, there's local people there who are writing about the cool things to do in their cities and absolutely start there. You find way more cool things to do when you're, when you're planning your trip than just TripAdvisor. That's awesome. I'm, I'm super excited to go check it out because <laughs> I rarely use Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Um, like Stephanie said, I'll use it for food things, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, just a, uh, it's a search engine, right? And there's so many great things that can be, that can be put on there. And you have such great content on your Instagram feed in particular. Have you been like finding things and like sending them to my husband or sending them to friends? <laughs> Because we always do this trip with some friends from Chicago to the Wisconsin Dells. Like we have kids and the water park and, you know, we're not doing that this year. But you recently had one that were like hikes in, in the Dells and like yes. all these fun places to eat. And I was like, this is what we need to be doing. I mean, I don't love going into the water park in a normal year um, and certainly not now. So I'm super excited about that one. I want to recreate that trip. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're, we try to do, right? Like Wisconsin Dells is known as the water park capital of the world. It's all these indoor, outdoor water parks really can be, I mean, they're super fun, but they can be crowded. Um, so what we try to do is uh, look at what are some of those hidden gems in the area. And the hiking was amazing. We were there like right when fall was beginning. So the colors were beautiful. There's so many different boat tours and big like sandstone bluffs all over the place. And we went to this place called the Witch's Gulch, which was like a canyon that you walk through. We took a horse-drawn canyon tour at a different place. Like, it's just so cool. It's just so unique. And yeah, you drive through town, it looks super touristy, but there's all these really cool things that are like just below the surface that a lot of people don't know about. And that's, that's the awesome. same everywhere, like anywhere you travel, anywhere you go, there's something like that. So speaking of anywhere you go, what are some of your favorite places to travel locally and not locally? I saw you were in Croatia, which is like super high on my list. And I'm (laughs) just curious. Oh my gosh. It's such a hard question because everywhere is so unique. Um, Obviously within Minnesota, I love Minnesota. So I have to plug my home state. And even if you're from around the Midwest and you want a road trip, Um, we love the North shore of Lake Superior. So, Mm -hmm. um, drive up the North shore, getting close to Canada. Um, it just is like an oasis of the state. It doesn't look like any other part of the state. It's just absolutely gorgeous in terms of the the hiking that's there in the winter. We go up skiing at Lutzen, um, is the best skiing in Minnesota, obviously not like out West or anything, but it's still really great and the really awesome snow. Um, and there's just some cool things up there, like a black sand beach, like who knew Minnesota had that? And it's just really fun to go and explore. So um, that's probably my favorite in, in Minnesota. Um, if we just kind of go beyond that, I mean, you're talking international here. So um, actually, you know what, I'll, I'll stay domestic. Um, I'll stay domestic for one second because we did during, um, in August, we did take a trip to Alaska and we were really just trying to be creative and figure out, okay, we can only travel within the U.S. Where are places that we're comfortable traveling? Um, we did take a plane to get there, but Alaska has rules in place. They have to have a negative COVID test to enter. So we took a, a COVID test. We both uh, p- tested negative. We got on the plane, which we were also assuming everyone else hopefully was negative, right? Because they also had to get tested to get in. Um, and we just did a ton of stuff outside. We, I mean, it's been something that's just in the, been in the back of my mind forever. Like, oh, Alaska would be pretty, but we found a good flight deal. And we went and just did like a ton of hiking. We saw a lot of great wildlife. Um, we were there right at the end of summer. So it was a really nice time. But think about those places like within the US that you've always said like, oh, someday I'll go there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, like someday, someday used to be today you know, last week, right? So you have to think about if, if you want travel to be a priority, you have to do it now. The more you mm-hmm. say someday, it's just never going to happen. And um, this is something that was just instilled in me from when I was little and my grandparents um, traveled a lot when they were younger. Um, later in life, my grandpa became paralyzed from the waist down. And what, they, what I always grew up with them telling me is I'm so glad we traveled when we did, when we were younger. And they just always were telling me, you know, you have to take advantage of it now. Like you never know how long you have on this earth. You never know when a pandemic's gonna hit and you can't go travel, right? Like um, you just never know. So just taking advantage of it and doing it now, it doesn't have to be crazy trips. 
stay attainable, stay within your budget. There's so many cool things you can usually do locally. Um, but then I guess to answer your question, I kind of went on a tangent there, but to answer your question just abroad as well, um, we just did a trip uh, actually right before the pandemic hit in like January, February um, to New Zealand and Australia. We went scuba diving oh, wow, in wow. the barrier reef and did a road trip around New Zealand and it was amazing like a huge bucket list trip um, obviously Croatia is beautiful mm -hmm. that's a really just cheap place to go in Europe that a lot of people don't go it is getting more popular now um, but it's just absolutely gorgeous there and it's very affordable um, we also just love um, oh man I could go on forever <laughs> like Switzerland is so great like we like we love to hike and be out in nature so that's really fun and we also did our first trip to Japan last summer, which is just unlike anywhere we've ever been. And the food was insane. Like we went on multiple food tours, ate the weirdest stuff. Um, also like the best sushi we'll ever have. So lots of fun places we've been. I really can't pick a favorite. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love the advice that you gave and like what you, what was instilled in you from your grandparents. I think that is such profound advice, you know, someday used to be today. And I think hopefully this pandemic is allowing people to realize that, you know, if there's one thing that they can take away, one silver lining from all of that. Um, so kind of further to that point, what do you think some of the benefits are to travel and the adventure that comes with it? Like, obviously you like to do it and you have this passion for it, but how do you think travel can really benefit anyone, in, even if it is just doing a day trip? or an overnight something in your, in your town? Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing is that you get exposed to different ways of life. So I'll use even Minnesota as an example. So, um, I actually grew up in a really small town, like farming town in Minnesota. Um, and I've now lived in Minneapolis, um, uh, for the last 10 or so years. Um, and a lot of people who I work with, you know, in Minneapolis, a lot of them, you know, maybe aren't from Minnesota or um, they kind of grew up in the cities and they never really had even exposure to, you know, that like just like total small town life. And it's funny because I would talk about like going home and visiting my parents and things. And it just seems so foreign to some people, like even some of my friends in college, I remember would say like, oh my gosh, you, so my husband grew up on a, a dairy farm and they just think that is out of this world, right? That he, his dad has tractors and that my husband Cole would milk cows, you know, twice a day when he was 10 years old, right? Like that's just so out of context for so many people. And that was just such a weird, like growing up with that, like it was such a weird realization for me. And I am only like an hour, I only grew up an hour away from Minneapolis. So there's so much out there that is just, again, like right below the surface that you may not know about. Um, there's really great places. And speaking of that, like in Minnesota, we've gone in, visited um, uh, like privately owned farms where they make cheese and they go through the whole cheese making process. And then you sample it at the end and they have little treats and you can buy it. Um, Redhead Creamery is where that's at, um, a little more like Northwestern Minnesota. And um, just little things like that. It's like such a different lifestyle to see. And I think it's great for, you know, if you have kids to introduce them to things like that. Um, and then just beyond, like wherever we've gone, whether it's been Japan, whether it was in Australia or somewhere in Europe, like you really realize that people are way more similar than they are different. And I think that's been just the biggest, um, just like the, the biggest learning in general people want the same things. They want to be happy. They want to spend time with their family and their loved ones. No matter where you go, you're eating at a restaurant and there's a kid screaming and the parents embarrassed about it. No matter what country you go to, like, it's, <laughs> like people have the same problem, like, and same problems. They want the same things. And you just realize that the more and more that you travel. Um, so I would say that's the biggest learning you see that internationally, but again, you go out from a, to a small town and you live in the city of the state that you're in, you're going to see that there as well. Well, I hope people really hear that because that's such an important message. It's something that I really believe, but I think <clears throat> so many people, especially right now, given where we are with the election next week and 
just a pandemic going on. People are really Mm -hmm. focused on differences. And at the end of the day, I think you're right. People just want to be happy. They want to feel secure. They want to be with their family, their friends, and, and we're all the same. Right. And now we want to take a quick break from today's conversation to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Lakewinds Co-op, which is a favorite grocery store of ours to shop at in the Twin Cities. We love that Lakewinds has such high standards and bets every single product on their shelves, including their amazing personal care and supplement section so that we don't have to. As busy parents, we don't always have the time or the desire to read every ingredient label. And we, when we shop at Lakewinds, we have confidence that it's been done for us. Grocery shopping should be an enjoyable and calm experience, and Lakewinds does everything to make your experience stress-free from the moment you walk in the door. The decor and aesthetics are really calming and inviting, and we have never met such knowledgeable and friendly staff in all the departments, including meat and seafood, in the wellness department, and produce. We love Lakewinds produce section, which focuses on organic and fair trade products. About 95% of the produce is organic and local as much as possible. And they really support the local and small sustainable farmers right here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The meat buyers actually visit the farms. They talk to the ranchers and see their practices to ensure that the animals are ethically raised and treated, which is really important to us. All of their meat is free from additives, synthetic preservatives, nitrates, antibiotic residues, steroids, and added growth hormones. Unlike many traditional grocery stores, Lakewinds has a banned ingredient list that is used to vet the products on their shelf, which includes artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, hydronated oil, etc. This applies to the food on their shelves, as well as the supplements and beauty and personal care products in their wellness department. If an item doesn't meet the product standards, Lakewinds doesn't allow it on their store, and we love that peace of mind. We also love how they seek out local small batch makers who meet their standards and really try to support our local businesses. We all know that maintaining a healthy body and mind has huge implications on our immune systems and being able to fight off the flu. So support your health and wellness in the new year by shopping at your local co-op. You can find the fabulous Lakewinds co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or have groceries delivered from Instacart. While Lakewinds Co-op is a member-owned store, you don't have to be a member to shop and receive their weekly specials. Although we highly recommend that you do become members like us for additional monthly savings and an annual dividend. You can find out more by going to lakewinds.coop. And when you're there, be sure to check out their delicious recipes. And if you don't live in the Twin Cities, we highly encourage you to find your local co-op by heading over to National Co-op Grocers and finding one near you. So what are, when you, when you pick a city, what are your top activities and things that you like to do? I know you mentioned hiking and being in nature, but like, what are your priorities when you explore a new city? Good question. We definitely have our priorities. So we always try to do something outdoor, like you said, so it could be um, kayak and we actually bought some foldable kayaks this year that just fit in our car. Um, So wherever we go, we'll, we'll think about like, oh, is there a little river or a lake or something we could kayak on to see things from a different perspective. Um, obviously doing hiking is really fun, but just something active outside. Um, the next thing we always look for is something historical. So I'm just naturally a huge history buff. I think I've converted my husband Cole into that too, where we're always just, again, like it's just crazy. The amount of places everywhere you go, like every small town we've been to in Minnesota, there's some great like historical thing there that you can learn about or tour like in Northfield, Minnesota, that's where Jesse James came with his gang and did a shootout at a local bank. And there's a whole museum there for it. And it's just, you're like, what? Like this happened in Minnesota. This is crazy. (laughs) And so you just learn so many cool things, but if you just, you know, start searching for, or the biggest way that you can find out is go to that town. If you're at a restaurant or at a shop or something, just ask like, Hey, what's a, what's a really unique, if I could do something super unique here, what would it be? Talking to the locals is always the best way to go about things. Um, And then we also love to eat and drink. So um, that will always be a part of what we do. Um, Finding a locally owned restaurant, um, 
Uh, we love to try our breweries and distilleries. So I'll always try to scope something like that out um, as well as just like local shops if they have something like that. Um, but again, all about supporting local and just trying some, some new unique things. When you're looking for those local restaurants, do you, do you just like wander and find one or like sometimes I get overwhelmed with the number of restaurants and then I don't want to have a bad one because I'm only going to be in the city for one or two nights. And so yeah. food is really important to me as well, but I don't like, you know, I want a recommendation from someone. So how do you go about finding a recommendation? <sighs> yeah. So recommendations are huge. Like before I go somewhere, I will. And I know not everyone has a big, you know, Instagram network, but I will always ask my following, what are the best things or best places to eat or things that I need to do when I go to XYZ place? They're always great at sharing recommendations. Um, so I will always go by that. And then I also just, I don't usually use Google for restaurants. Um, I will use Yelp. Um, it's kind of a mixture, honestly. Like I'll use Yelp I'll use Instagram, which sounds weird, but the aesthetics of a place, the atmosphere is also really important when you go somewhere. Um, so if you just search for, let's say like the town you're going to or the city you're going to, um, especially if it's somewhere a little small or not like a big city, um, if you search for that and just start like scrolling through all of the images that have that location tagged, Sometimes there'll be like a really cool, unique photo and you'll click on, it'll be at a, a restaurant or you'll see some like really cool food that looks amazing that you want to eat, click on it and it'll, you can find out what restaurant that is. Um, so yeah, I kind of get a little creative, but again, Pinterest has great guides too. So there you go. It all goes back to Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually started doing that. I would say in the last few years, I've kind of followed hashtags um, for the places yep. I'm going. And I have found like cool hikes, restaurants, you know, sometimes I'll do like a healthy hashtag and then the city. And I, I definitely That's think Instagram is a great way to find unique things in other cities. Yeah. And I will, if you don't use um, like the, the saving feature within Instagram, you can create different folders. Uh -huh. So actually before we go anywhere, I create a folder for the place that oh. I'm visiting and then as I'm searching or if I'm following hashtags or even following like the visitor bureaus before you go or the chamber of commerce or like, you know, like visit whatever city, there's usually some sort of account for that. Um, follow those before you go and they share some really awesome recommendations and then just save that to your folder. Um, and then once you have that in your folder, then, you know, if you're there and you look it up and say like, oh yeah, I remember this, this great looking burger, let's click on this photo and see where it's at. Um, so that works really well for like smaller trips for international trips where you, I usually do a lot more planning. Google maps is like my life savior. So, or lifesaver. So I do, um, I do my Google, my Pinterest searching. I do my, um, Instagram searching. I find things all over the place and I add their location to my Google map. So I created my own Google map. And then when I go somewhere, you know, if I'm, you know, let's say we just finished up at like a museum or a hike or something and we're hungry, I can just pull up the Google map and say, okay, what are some of the cool restaurants that I found that are around us right now? And then you can just like go and click on them and visit. Um, and then for most of my trips, I have Google maps, like for everywhere we've been to on my website. So you can just actually like download that map that I've saved and all the different places um, make it really easy for you. That's awesome. I have not used Google maps and that in that capacity anyway. Yeah. So I have a question. I know that a lot of people think that traveling is really only something you can do if you have money and it's more of a luxury. I'd love for you to share how we can kind of reframe that belief and incorporate travel without breaking the bank. Great question. And the number one question I get is what are the best day trips from the Twin Cities that I can take? And I think you, more than you know, you, you think you like, you look on Instagram and it looks like everyone's taking, you know, maybe before the pandemic, like everyone's taking great vacations and always traveling and doing things. But majority of people, you know, you might not have the time, you might not have the money. Um, just a quick day trip is all you really need to get refreshed, to just get away for a little bit, experience something new and come back with a new perspective. Um, so I am just like the number one fan of day trips. And it can even be just like an afternoon. 
Um, so the first thing I would say is don't be scared of driving. Um, I think <laughs> so many people, again, I feel like coming from a small town, like, and we, we had to drive for hours to get anywhere, you know, to go to a target, we had to drive like 45 minutes. So, um, don't be scared of that. If there's an hour of drive, don't let that stop you. Turn on a podcast. Hopefully you're listening to this right now, like on a trip somewhere, <laughs> turn on a podcast and the time goes by so fast. We are huge um, advocates for that. Um, but yeah, the, the day trips are just so many people want to do them more people than you think. And they're a great way to just really be refreshed quickly. And what are your thoughts on like the Airbnb versus hotels? Is that, is it more economical to stay, you know, at a house or a condo and rent that versus going to a hotel? Oh, that really depends. Like there's, there's some hotels that I am a fan of. Um, if you're traveling a lot and you want to like rack up points, hotels are the option, that's the way to go. Because, you know, I would, you know, used to do now a lot of business travel and I would be able to rack up my points and then I could use them for personal trips, right? That's the smart way to go. Um, I do like staying in hotels when it comes to maybe flying in or flying out at a, a weird time. Um, or if we're going to be somewhere where we're going to check out and then we have all day before a flight in the evening, we want somewhere to store our luggage, right? So those are really the only times we stay in hotels. Um, we do a ton of Airbnbs. I just think that is the best way to truly experience a place is the Airbnb. And I really think that where you stay can really make or break your experience. And if you feel like you're you know, in a hotel room, a lot of times you can be in Spain or you could be in Iowa and it feels like it, there's not really a difference. If you're in an Airbnb, you know whether you're in Spain or you're in Iowa. Some people maybe like that that consistency, but for us, we love to have something a little bit different. So a little um, bit more of a, an authentic experience. It's usually cheaper. There's usually like some really cool perks, like having laundry for one that's free, or they might have a hot tub or something that is cool and unique. So, you know, it's approaching winter. It's going to be it's probably winter right now when everyone's listening to this. And especially for people that live in the Midwest and in Minnesota, like we do, it can be hard to get outside and get motivated to go somewhere, especially during this pandemic. Any, you know, great winter hikes or day trips or quick weekend trips that you recommend in, in the Midwest in particular? Um, yeah. And how do you go about finding new and different local places especially in the winter focused on this season for anyone out there. Yeah. And winter in the Midwest is like in the North is my favorite thing to talk about because I think that again, so many people, always, I've just grew up with so many people complaining about the winter. Like I get onto all my conference calls at work and last week when it was snowing, everyone was complaining about the snow. Um, but then you see fun photos of, you know, them playing outside and building a snow on with their kid or, we went on some great winter hikes over the weekend and it was just absolutely gorgeous. We had the whole place to ourselves. Like it is just so different, so unique. You can go back to places you were just at this summer and go in winter and it's a completely different place. Um, and I would highly recommend doing that. If you have favorite summer places, go in the winter um, for something really cool. Um, hiking is awesome in the winter because there's usually some sort of like not always, but usually, especially in the Midwest, lots of water features um, around hikes that you do, um, especially waterfalls, which in the winter become frozen and are just so cool. It gives you a destination to hike to, super cool for kids to see just like massive icicles hanging off a cliff. Um, and it's really cool just with photo opportunities as well. So hiking in the winter, get some warm boots, get some good hiking boots that are waterproof, get a big coat and honestly, it's amazing. Like you feel like you're in a little oasis. There's no one else there and you get outside. And once you start moving, you know what, you're going to be okay. You're not going to freeze your butt off and you'll make it through. Um, so I do recommend that. I think, um, I'm going to say this again, but like North shore is amazing in the winter. Um, and the hiking there is awesome. So I would definitely recommend that in Minnesota. Um, any town out there that has like, I think in Minnesota, I think of like Stillwater or I think of Northfield that has little shops 
as well as, you know, maybe a state park nearby or, um, you know, a cool hike that you can do, you know, get outside and then go warm up in a cute coffee shop or go experience the local shops. It just makes for a great day trip. Um, and then also just think about the th think about like winter sporting activities and then just Google and see if there's something around you. Um, I really wanted to try curling this last winter <laughs> and there was um, a, a golf course near us that did outdoor curling. And we had our friends come and it was like $15 for a curling lane. We played for like two hours and we had beers outside. They had little heaters. Like it was just the most fun experience. We're all bundled up. Um, and it was actually a really cold day, but like we still talk about it. Like people will still bring it up and talk about how fun that curling was. Um, and I, I do have a, um, an article on my website just about, I don't know, it's maybe like 30 or 40 different things, like winter activities that you can do. Um, so yeah, get creative, do some searching and don't be afraid to, to be outside. Bundle up and get out there and experience it. You live in the North, you got to do it. Yeah. So I, 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 I love that. And I don't like, I don't love being cold, but I have to say <laughs> since moving to Minnesota, I'm not from here. We moved here actually 10 years ago right now. I love how Minnesotans embrace the winter. And that's probably sometimes even, I think one of their favorite seasons is winter mm -hmm. because there's so many outdoor activities that you can do. And I have snowshoeing on my list. So I love this idea. And we'll link up this um, blog post, this article you mentioned, we'll link it up in our show notes. So that everyone can um, awesome. easily access that. Yeah, it's one and of those I'm, things where. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm from Minnesota, but this winter I already bought a coat that goes to my ankles, um, <laughs> and I walked every day last week, like basically in this blanket jacket and my hiking shoes, and I wasn't even cold. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm doing it this year. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. If you're making the choice to live in Minnesota, and I'm a I'm a huge advocate like my family my friends my coworkers will probably laugh if they listen to this and hear me say this but you have to really think about what are the things that you can change and what are the things that you cannot change right and if you have made the choice to live somewhere where there is winter and let's say you do not winter like winter and you spend all this time complaining about it you can move somewhere warmer or you can embrace it. Those are your choices, right? Those are the things that you can change. And if you don't, you know, move somewhere warmer, embrace it, right? You can learn to love it. And you are the one who controls um, your thoughts, the, what you say, how you project this to other people, the way you talk about it to your kids and the way you bring them up um, within a state like this. Um, and I just think, you know, if you are going out cross country skiing and learn how to downhill ski and try snowshoeing and go ice fishing and go on winter hikes, like it's awesome. And so much, think about all the people in the world who never get to experience winter, like yeah. all over anyone around the equator. Like it's such a unique thing and you have to embrace it. I just think it's the coolest, the cool, I mean, literally and figuratively the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice. I love that. I love your positivity around winter because I think you're right. A lot of people are negative as the weather gets colder. Um, so where can people find you on social media or your blog? Yeah, so my blog is lookaboutlindsay.com and Lindsay is spelled with an E. Um, so you can find all of my stuff there. I have it organized by Minnesota, by um, the U.S. and North America, and then just uh, by um, my abroad locations. Um, so I have uh, guides and itineraries. My Google Maps are out there for you to see. Um, and then I would say I'm probably most active on my Instagram. So if you want to really feel like you're part of a trip that we're taking or be the first to know about something, my Instagram is where you'll find that. Um, that's just my name. So Lindsay Ranzow um, is where you'll find that um, on Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook presence. I have a Pinterest presence. So if you just search either my name or look about Lindsay, it, it'll pop up there for you. Great. And I saw you have a TikTok too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How can I forget about TikTok? It's still <laughs> like my new thing. Um, yeah. TikTok has been really fun. Their uh, videos are really fun. And that's the same there too. I'm always putting little videos together on like 
a little day trip idea or a cool restaurant we were at or something like that. So um, if you want that short and sweet content, TikTok's where you'll find it. Maybe the teenagers that are listening to this will yes. we'll go for the TikTok content, yeah. right? All the millennials too, let's be honest. All my friends are on it. Totally. Okay, total, total side um, question here, but you're working full time and you have blog and all these platforms. How do you find time to to do this? I mean, I know you love it and it's this passion, passion <laughs> project of yours, but that's the bottom line. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, I interrupted you, but yeah, that's the bottom line for doing anything, right? If you want to be an entrepreneur and start something, if you want to start a blog, if you want to do whatever it is, you have to love it because I thought when I started this, like, oh, I love to write and I love to travel and I'm just going to write about it. That is probably what I like spend 5% of my time actually doing. Um, it is so much more complex than that. But um, it, the biggest thing is, um, is really just prioritizing. So for myself, I have, I have an end to five job. I have a job that, you know, up until a few months ago, I would travel all the time for it'd be weird hours, it would be weekends. And I love my job. So I would do whatever it takes, you know, to get things done. And um, when I was working, I was working. So during work hours, I am working. Once that stops, that's when I have my like blog time or my website time. And that's where I can work on that stuff. Granted, some nights I don't have time for it. Some nights I do. I don't pressure myself to have like a schedule, if you will. I tried doing that where I would say, okay, I'm going to post this on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday. That just became so, and this is just for me, like a person, like it probably works for a lot of people it really took a lot of the fun out of it for me where I would feel like, Oh, I can't do this tonight because I, on my schedule, I said, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And that just became, again, just way too stressful. So I stopped doing that. And I'm like, Hey, this is still, it's still just like a fun side thing for me. So I'm going to post when I can. And usually that works with, you know, what I'm trying to do and within my schedule, but I don't put too much pressure on myself. The biggest thing though, in terms of, um, you know, my, my blog and my website and everything else I do there is consistency. So it sounds super boring and I know like everyone says it, but granted, I don't have like a consistent daily or weekly schedule that I stick to, but I do make sure that I am consistently posting. I have a new blog post at least at least once a month. Okay. So that's not like putting crazy pressure on myself. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do a new blog post or like update something at least once a month. Um, we obviously to, to write about things, we have to travel and go and do an experience. And that is what we love doing. So it's easy enough to make time for. Um, but it is, it is true. Like just little things. Like I have a newsletter I send out every month with like Midwest events and that goes out every month and having Instagram content, blog content, like it's, it's a lot. Um, but just giving myself a break and setting achievable standards, um, is good. And honestly, it's the, it's the right amount of consistency for me. And I think the right amount for my audience. Um, but you can't be like too hard on yourself. That's what I've learned. Cause I'm definitely like a perfectionist and <laughs> I can drive myself a little crazy sometimes. Well, that's such great advice for anyone out there, especially entrepreneurs, or if you're trying to explore a new career or, you know, side hustle, whatever you want to call it. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And um, finally, as we wrap up, one question we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? So this will kind of go back to something I said earlier, but the art of living well is living well now, whatever that means to you. So for me, travel is a huge part of that. Travel is not something that is something I do once a year. It is something that's ingrained in our everyday life. It's ingrained in our everyday finances. Um, and we make a point to make it happen. And I think that's the biggest thing. So many people put whatever living well means to you you know, it's so easy to put off, right? Because it's not maybe a immediate need. Um, but when you really look at it, you have to think about yourself first 
And think about it kind of like if you go on an airplane, right? And the oxygen masks fall down, you put your mask on before you put your, someone else's mask on, right? And it's the same for living well and um, the lifestyle that you lead. If you yourself are living well, doing what you love to do, making time for yourself, whatever that is, prioritizing the right things, you are going to be in a much better space mentally, physically, just overall emotionally, and that will rub off on everyone around you, whether that's your friends, whether that's your family, whether that's your kids, your significant other. Um, so I, I really can't preach that enough is really think about what those, those important things are in your life and make them a priority now. Don't wait, make it a priority now. Don't feel bad about focusing on yourself for one thing because it's going to be, it's just going to reap benefits for you. So that, that'd be my answer. I couldn't agree more. I love that answer. Um, (laughs) Thank you. It's just, it's so profound. And I think everyone, everyone can benefit from that advice. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming on our show today. I'm super excited to try out some of your local day trips, maybe even this weekend. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice this weekend. So get out there. <laughs> yes, I am too. And I'm going to try some winter hikes because I love hiking, but that's something I haven't done, especially in Minnesota is hike in the winter. So you've oh, motivated yeah. and inspired me to do that. Good. You can tell I'm like so passionate about this. I love chatting about it. So this has been really fun. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Lindsay. It's been so nice having this conversation today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.